Hey everyone, welcome back to the Chai and Cafe podcast where we will be talking about hot topics, current events, politics, society, culture, and really anything we feel like talking about. I'm Tara. I'm Rose. My name's Gabriel. And today we will be talking about arranged marriage and asking the question, is arranged marriage, is it arranged or deranged, the whole process? So we'll be diving into that. So just kicking things off, Rose, Gabe, and I were chatting the other day about some TV shows that we've been watching, especially during quarantine. That's one of the things I think a lot of us have been doing. And we found that a lot of the really popular reality shows kind of center around this idea of an arrangement of some sort. So for instance, there's The Bachelor, Married at First Sight is another one, among a host of others. And you know, there's this concept of arrangement in marriage or even in terms of dating. So definitely a commonality there. So Gabe Rose, can you dive a little bit more into what arranged marriage actually is and what your thoughts on it are? Sure. So an arranged marriage is a type of marital union where um, the bride and groom are selected by individuals other than the couple themselves. So, you know, like family members, parents. Um, In some cultures, a professional matchmaker might be used to find a spouse for someone. Um, But in general, it's just two individuals who don't know each other who are being set up. (laughs) And I'll I'll let Gabe kick it off with personal experiences. Um, I appreciate that. I didn't really know like know what to expect when it came to arranged marriages like coming up I'm, I'm from the midwest so like we didn't really see that that often um my family was hard into like the whole american dream and lifestyle so it really was the whole like you should fall in love with the person that's meant for you and all these kinds of things so i really only started getting any kind of real experience to arrange marriages i think as i got into college like that's really the first time i can recall knowing someone who personally talked to me about oh yeah like this is my wife uh, she and I were arranged, but you know, it wasn't what you guys might think or uh, assume you guys, meaning myself, like my friends. And it wasn't until like, really my, I met some, some guys in the fraternity that I'm in, uh, who happened to have been arranged within you know their own family. And, and, uh, it started making a little bit more sense in terms of how it could work out because I got to see how their lives played out as a union, as individuals being together. And while it was cool and it seemed to work for them, Realistically, I never thought that it was something that I would do personally. It's not something that I did since I am married, but um, the, like, I guess, quote unquote, foreignness around it or, or seeming how it only felt like people from other countries overseas did that. It wasn't necessarily a Americanized thing. Um, always kind of rang out just based on our own culture. So, um, like I said, it interesting to me that it wasn't until like collegiate times. So, like, what I was like, maybe. 21 when I finally got into college, a little bit of a late starter, but either way, yeah, that's really my only real experience with it. Well, with me, I mean, I definitely have family members who, who were arranged. I mean, my grandparents on my dad's side were arranged. Um, my dad's oldest brother, my uncle was arranged and also, it's not even just like exclusive to South Asian culture. I mean, even my grandmother on my mom's side, they're Nicaraguan, had 
like an arrangement situation going on as well. So uh, that's that's my experience. Oh, and wow. I, I mean, obviously, I personally was not arranged and my parents were not arranged either. But uh, it, it hits a little close to home, I think. Yeah, my experience when I say personal experience, I think people are like, oh, <laughs> are you arranged? Are you about to arrange? It's <laughs> No, no, not at all. But my parents were actually arranged. And so just to clarify, in their case, arrangement really meant that their moms kind of um, introduced them to each other. So they each put ads in the newspaper um, looking for someone. And so they found each other and then they met. So their moms, both of my parents' moms had put these ads in the paper and then they met. So you know, after the first meeting, each party could really decide if they wanted to meet again, if they didn't really see it going anywhere. But then they were able to go on a few dates and kind of decide, see how things were. So for my parents, it was a pretty quick process, which I, I think is actually the norm for a lot of Indian folks, at least who have been arranged. So my parents met, you know, early April, the year that they got married, and they went on maybe like three or four dates and by April 21st, they got married. So it was like a three-week-long sort of courtship. <laughs> but what's, right? what's crazy is that, I guess two things are crazy. So first of all, like that's relatively quick, right? Like three weeks. But a lot of other folks I know whose like grandparents were arranged in India, their arrangement was such that they would meet their spouse on the wedding day itself. So that's you know, a completely different story, like super quick process. Um, so that's one. And then another, I think with this sped up timeline, like with my parents, I've, I've asked them about it and they said that their dates, they pretty much just like laid all their cards out on the table right away. So, you know, everything was discussed, like everything you're not supposed to talk about, right? So like kids, politics, how you manage money, religious beliefs, values. So, when you are in sort of an accelerated process like that, um, things look a little bit different. But yeah, I think we've each sort of seen it a little bit with our friends and families. But I think what's really interesting is that this whole idea of arrangement is really super common. And I think especially in the Western sphere, Western culture, a lot of us consume this sort of media and it's definitely something that we watch on the regular so for instance i mentioned earlier um married at first sight as one of the shows that really shows the arrangement process um rose do you want to dive into that a little bit sure i mean i've only been obsessed with this show lately <laughs> so uh married at first sight it's interesting because it, the the premise of the show is very much what we've said a couple will meet for the first time at the altar. And they do have the ability to say no at the altar, but at least the seasons I've seen, that hasn't happened. Um, but how they get to that point is there's a panel of experts that give um, compatibility tests of sorts and do extensive interviews. And they do this with thousands of people and gradually they kind of cut it down to the four or five couples that they really see having a chance of success. And those are the ones that they air on the show. Uh, and you know, they have on the panel, I mean, 
man, Gabe, you go ahead and say that because yeah, I forget. <laughs> no, it's all good. They have pretty much anywhere from like psychologists, sexologists, sociologists, in some cases, uh, humanist chaplains. But the more common individual that's shown up has been a pastor uh, that's right. that kind of guides folks through. Uh, but when you talked about, you know, the kind of ways that they do tests or that they're being thorough about it, I mean, in one of the circumstances, well, a few of the circumstances, they even go through these people's underwear drawers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they dig deep, basically, uh, trying to figure out the nitty gritty, see what you really like. You know, they ask a lot of intrusive questions and uh, really need you to figure yourself out so you can be ready for the next person coming in your life. I mean, yeah, it's super invasive, but I, at the end of the day, they want people to be compatible. So they're really digging into the nitty gritty of every aspect of their life, their job, their outlook on finances. Um, physical attraction. And they really are. Um, it's interesting. They really are obvious, though, about it being a modernized, a modern day arranged marriage. Uh, right. You know, they, they mentioned that uh, through the episode. So which is funny, because I think the only modern thing about it is just that it's a panel of experts instead of your family. <laughs> but... And also, though, like group. your family in some cases knows you fairly well, right? So they could probably answer certain questions about you. So I, I wouldn't say they're experts, but it's like a different kind of knowledge maybe, you know? Sure. They know your history. They know like extent, they know your history extensively. I, it's funny because I watch this show and I'm just like, hmm, a panel of experts, like, that makes a lot of sense. And they come up with like an algorithm behind it. And um, shoot, I, I just, I, I think that just based off the fact that there's a show like this just really drives the point home that it's a lot more common than we think. And there's even another show that I'll let Tara dig into a little bit. Right. Before we, we hop on that, um, I do want to say, like the other day we watched, and they they said by a certain season they already had over sixty thousand people that were inclined yeah. to want to do this. So it's not like it's small numbers in the hundreds of people that might be open to arranged marriages. It's like now there's pretty much small towns <laughs> at this point across the U.S. That's so many people. But yeah, yeah, but That's so many people to interview too. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. it is. It's a lot. Um, but I was going to mention this show from circa 2006 called parental control that was on mtv that i'm sure some <laughs> folks back. might have seen back in the day but um you know the premise was that these teenagers typically are dating someone that usually their parents don't really love so they'll choose like a potential suitor for their kid to go on a date with and i don't they choose a few different ones isn't that how it works yeah there's I options so. basically they get like a a laundry list of random people that are lined up, like waiting to <laughs> to go in and just impress these parents with whatever they might know or, or do. Um, but mom and dad both get to pick which one they think would be the best suitor for their kid or their child, which is you know, like a 18, 19 year old individual at this point. And uh, they have the option to either pick the person that mom and dad chose and ditch their current significant other or stick with the person that they, they're rocking with. And in rare occasions, people will be like, I pick nobody. Ugh, I'm single. But it's like, it's still the idea that even if it's not to get married, it's still mom and dad may know best. Or, you know, does the love speak for itself? Can the individual person pick the better option for themselves? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did you folks think of that show? Did you guys watch it like growing up? 
Yeah, I did. I watched it. And <laughs> it's funny because it kind of goes back to a point that I made a little earlier where I I don't know that I would want my parents <laughs> selecting <laughs> who I ended up with. <laughs> But I do kind of low-key feel the the whole expert panel thing. And um, I forgot to mention this about Married at First Sight. But, like, after they are at the altar, they say I do and all that, um, they pretty much immediately go on a honeymoon. And that's kind of, like, where they get to know each other. <laughs> that's, like, where they're finding out everything for the first time um, before they come back home and it's kind of like, okay, back to reality. And they move in together at a neutral spot that I think the production kind of puts them in. And after about six or seven weeks, they get to judgment day basically. And they express whether or not they are choosing to stay married or if they're going to get divorced. So, it's super expedited. I mean, it's just interesting. But with that being said, I feel like I'd place a lot more of my faith in a panel of experts. <laughs> it's also funny, though, because they're um, because they like their honeymoon stage, which is right after they get married, is kind of like when most folks in a like normal dating process would actually be dating. Right. Like you're getting to know someone you're doing all of that and they're doing all of it in reverse, um, which obviously is like the shock value and like the point of the show. Um, But it's interesting because that's so opposite of a lot of other like very popular TV shows that folks are watching. You had a really good point Um, because realistically, the idea of getting to know somebody only after uh, you see them at the altar is I think the biggest fear factor that a lot of people, at least in Western society, quote unquote, right? Uh, Western society uh, has problems grappling with, uh, which is why I thought um, parental control was funny because even if it may have been scripted, a lot of folks said it was fake and stuff, and you know it was probably as real as wrestling on TV. But um, it was still for me. I think what was still funny was the idea that mom and dad thought they knew best, but yet a lot of the times the parents didn't really seem like they were ready for the type of people they would see come through the door. Right. A lot of it was like a shock factor, like, oh, my gosh, this person's a pretty much gothic individual. I don't know if I'm okay with that for my daughter or whatever it may be. It was always like it felt like instead of the singing version, uh, like how American Idol has sometimes like really funny things and then people that try out versus like really talented people. It was kind of like that. But for dating. Right. You got to sit back, get the popcorn ready and look to see do these moms and dads really know what they're child may be into as an individual on a romantic level which is kind of a weird thought <laughs> for some people if you don't want to think about that for, for I, don't. Parents, but... well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> what's interesting though is like you know i just try to put myself in my parents shoes and like who would they pick you know i don't think they would have picked me they <laughs> love gabe love gabe now. but but the thing is like <laughs> they would want somebody who's super square and I, that's absolutely not somebody that I would vibe with long term, but that's probably what they would have chosen. <laughs> you hear that, y'all? I am not a square. Um, my wife. No, that's true. So, you know, because I'm not, not really sometimes, <laughs> but mostly not. 
We're like covert squares. Stop it. <laughs> Either way. Yeah. yeah. Well, debate. I'm somebody who likes to have fun as well. And I, <laughs> my parents don't want me to have fun. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Girls just want to have fun, Rose. Sorry, Girls mom. Wanna... Sorry, dad. <laughs> But I think, like, with all of this, right, there is this element of, like, shock, like, shock value and surprise. That's really what keeps everyone watching, right? Like, all of these shows have that, and that's why we're sitting there with our, like, popcorn, like you said, Gabe, like, waiting for the next episode. And I think that's so true for a ton of shows, like The Bachelor and Bachelorette, and there's Bachelor in Paradise and all of their spinoffs. And, you know, um, Love is Blind was another popular show on Netflix, that a ton of folks really liked. Um, Indian matchmaking was another one. And then there was also another show called Dating Around that came out, which all of these things I think really show that we really like love. We really love love. And we really like this idea of people like sort of being set up in some way. Like how will they mesh? Will it work? Will it not? Like that's really kind of the niche that we're all going for clearly. Um, But specifically like, On The Bachelor, Bachelorette, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar, but these, um, like, a group... More than I like to admit. (laughs) A group of people will be picked, like, they're selected to be, like, candidates for either The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, and they'll go through this long process, maybe not that long. It's, like, what, maybe three months of the whole show? That's a long time, though. I guess it's, like, long... I think so. ...in comparison to, like married at first sight um but then they'll like go through this process there's elimination and then toward the end when there's a few people left there's um this concept of hometown dates where they'll meet the families of the remaining contestants which is you know there's definitely family involved there which kind of ties back to like parental control right like this idea of family meeting the person yeah. What oh, do you think? Sure. Do you think hometown dates are like, have you seen any weird ones or like, what are your thoughts? I, I think that hometown dates are just so funny because obviously the family has hesitation over the process. So it's, it's kind of common just to see them being like, mm, I don't know. Like, are you sure? And plant the seeds of doubt. But I mean, ultimately, it's it's various suitors meeting the family, and it just takes me back to the whole concept of arrangement and how similar that is because ultimately a family is giving their input on whether or not they can see this person joining their family. And just by virtue of them having a say of some sort, kind of arranging. Uh, first and foremost, I always thought The Bachelor was weird because it's it's just this one guy who's allowed to date a lot of women all at once. Or vice versa. And they're all aware. Well, now, yeah, with The Bachelorette and everything. But it started off as a dude show, seemingly, right? And people just being like, this Bachelor guy really seems like the catch. Even though majority of those women, if not all of them, probably would not have wanted to date a person outside of that show, knowing they were dating 30 other people on day one and petering it down to like, the top three, four off of some roses. So like the idea of the chase and and how the producers like really set it all up to be like, you could win a chance to fall in love. It's it's kind of interesting. But um, I, I just find it interesting that the families, when they go to these hometowns, are so, majority of them seem like so anti. 
However, it's like, yo, there's millions of people that watch this. Like, it's called Bachelor Nation for a reason. And even like with The Bachelorette and like you said, uh, Bachelor in Paradise, there's so many spinoffs now. Like, these people have their own mini cults <laughs> of oh following God, of support. So even though the families might seem like, oh, this is weird, I think they just forget that uh, America at the end of the day is is a curious, uh, the United States, I should say, is a curious nation. And people would rather watch you or an individual go through something grueling or awkward or uncomfortable and not experience it rather than do it themselves. And here's another interesting correlation is one of the biggest critiques that I have about the Bachelor, Bachelorette franchise, among many other critiques, is the fact that it's super, how do I put this? manufactured love or like manufactured feelings. And I, I see the correlation in a sense to married at first sight, because, you know, they're really getting to know each other on married at first sight during their honeymoon. And basically the bachelor bachelorette when it's not COVID times is a freaking honeymoon. They're traveling to all these places as if that's not going to bring up some warm and fuzzy feelings of love or something. Like, I mean, if you're on a beach in Bali, I'm sure you're going to have some feelings <laughs> <laughs> or like <laughs> if they, if they transport you to France. And I, I just feel like it's, it's uh, totally manufactured. Like, you know, it's, I think they create an environment where it's conducive to having I don't know, just feelings for, for somebody coupled with the fact that it's like a competitive game. And I think that that also heightens things. I mean, <laughs> seeing 30 guys compete after one girl. <laughs> what a man wouldn't do for a little bitty rose boutonniere, boy. Oh, man. <laughs> Whether on, or not I think they like her, it's just the competitive aspect just makes them want to win. <laughs> no. That already that happens in like middle school, high school, like all throughout life in smaller environments. Now it gets on a, a times one thousand kind of a scale. You put it on national television <laughs> for quote unquote love and a free engagement ring provided by whoever they utilize for that. For real. Jeez. Yeah, like this gamified version of love is what we all love to watch, and it's also like instant gratification for the viewers, right? Like maybe Bachelor isn't super instant being two, three months long, but it's pretty instant if that's someone's life. Um, so that's definitely something we love. Um, but another show that we talked about and that was also popular on Netflix was this show called Dating Around. Um, so these people are set up on blind dates and then toward the end of each episode, they will either go on another date if things are going well or they won't. So it's a pretty, you know, quick show. Each couple has like one episode. Um, and one of the episodes that really stood out to us was with an Indian woman named Gurki. And then she went on a date with a guy named Justin. And so she had been divorced and she explained on this date that she was divorced and that her parents had met on their wedding day. Um, and when she kind of dove a little bit more into um, getting married to her husband in the past, she said that she felt pressured by her family and she had some doubts. And this guy, Justin, really just clearly didn't understand like the cultural significance or the cultural aspect of it all. And he really berated her just asking like, Oh, so like, is this an Indian thing? And just kind of like, they had a fight. Rude as fuck. 
but sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, that was, it was hard to watch, like how, how he talked to her, what he was saying and just how much, um, like arranged marriage is exoticized as being a Brown thing, being an Indian thing. It was just just like very uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, Rose and Gabe, I know you saw it like really recently, like yesterday. Did you have any other thoughts on the episode? I was kind of, I was kind of let down by this dude. Like, I, I want to give white guys the benefit of the doubt because I know so many cool ones. But there's always this chance that someone might say something that's just off the cuff or completely inconsiderate. This dude literally made it seem like arranged marriages were this foreign concept and was just completely like inconsiderate of you know of a true love marriage. And you know I understand that he might not have felt like it was a norm for his Western kind of like perspective, but I mean, at least give, give the lady a chance to explain herself at any point in time where she tried to get him to understand, well, this is what I was feeling when I was going through it. He really started to center himself. Like he, he saw her as his date. And in my opinion, I feel like he started taking this sense of ownership over her. Like, well, if it was you and I, like there's no more dates after this. Cause clearly you lied to this guy. You lied to the entire wedding party if you didn't feel and it became this, like, I don't know. I felt like his nose was kind of in the air at that point. Like, just because he, one, wasn't comfortable with arranged marriages because the look on his face off the jump when she said it was like, oh, yeah, that's an Indian thing. Oh, weird. It's like, all right, first off, homie, you know, you know, over in Europe, people were marrying and getting set up on these arranged marriages, sometimes for their own family members to keep wealth, homie. So don't come over here trying to judge brown people and cultures just because it's only a foreign concept, quote unquote, foreign concept to you over the last, what, I don't know, maybe 65 to 75, maybe a hundred years. Either way, you know, just, just kind of my whole, my whole sense on it. It just seemed interesting that it was so odd to him, even though, I mean, we just talked about five different shows on different platforms, all mimicking arranged marriages. And the fact that there's uh, tens of thousands, if not millions of fans surrounding that type of base. So Justin, you played yourself, homie. Right. Right. And it's like, I mean, you think about all the networks, too, that are doing it. I mean, Netflix, ABC, what others? I mean, Lifetime. MTV with the, you know, with... Parental control. Parental control. Parental control. Yeah. Um, so clearly, there's a market, sir. I think he just felt like he was just so right. Like I said, he centered himself too quick. It's like, bro, this is the first date. You're already talking about things like you're about to marry this girl. Uh, mind this you, can me. I also just say that immediately on the date, the first drink he ordered. Uh, wait, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do it. Do it. Was it what? It, it was the champagne of beers. It was a Miller highlight. And now a word from our sponsor. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, man, like. That's like one of the top beers in Portage, Indiana, yo. Hold up. I have friends and family with that stuff tatted on them. But that just goes to show you what I think of his opinion. Anyway. <laughs> I think the beer is just not a first date beer, you know? It's just not that kind of beer. <laughs> not for me. But, but either way. Gabe, like you were saying, this guy, Justin, clearly didn't understand that this concept has been around for so long and that even in the Western world, it's been around for a while. And even in recent years, we've seen it, right? Like the monarchy, for instance, definitely has this system set up, arranged marriage. Um, and 
you know, the monarchy is one. There's also like more fictional shows that are super popular. Gossip Girl, for instance. But both of them have these similarities. Like they are revolving around super wealthy people, often seen as, quote unquote, like the elite of where they're living, their society. But we noticed that a lot of the couples in the show and even in the monarchy were definitely arranged sometimes since birth. Um, and it was just supposed to happen that way. Absolutely. So it's a very, I mean, it's very much a centuries old tradition in non-Western cultures. So, you know, European cultures clearly partook in this and, it, you know, I, Although Gossip Girl is a fictional show, it's still very reflective of how high society can also dictate these unions. I mean... Art imitating life. Exactly. And, oh God, I'm going to get into a little bit of a nitty gritty on this and I'm not going to give anything away in case anybody's dying to watch Gossip Girl. But Nate and Blair is like <laughs> an example I'll bring up because uh, there, there are several nods to this in the show about how they're great on paper and also the parents wanting this arrangement between these two kids because it was beneficial to their business and you know there there's one who wanted to represent the other as a client and things like that so it just goes to show you that it's a lot more embedded than we really want to acknowledge um and then you know you mentioned the whole monarchy and how that's <laughs> obviously a very old tradition. It really stopped becoming a tradition, really, when it came to like Diana, Princess Diana. We all see how that went, and also uh -huh. Megan, <laughs> and we see how that's going. So, uh, clearly, there is a preference here. Oh, also, I don't know if anyone's watched the Princess Diaries movie where. <laughs> We all know you have. <laughs> of course I have. Countless <laughs> Where they were showing Princess Mia basically a, a Rolodex of eligible bachelors of, of royals who she can get married to. So, I mean, look, guys, it's everywhere. <laughs> but um, I don't know. What, what's your take on it, Tara or Gabe? Chime in. Well, if we're going to talk about Meghan and Harry... Uh, and the fact that he's just seemingly, I don't want to say disowned, but he's like, they're like disassociating with this guy. Right. They dropped his security. <laughs> they're like, look, bro. Tyler Perry had to pick Tyler up Perry security. Medea had to step in <laughs> to help <laughs> give this poor guy a home. Poor. Yeah, please. Poor. Oh, he's please. not far beyond poor. Is, but I guess my question is, is tech the new monarchy? Because homie just kind of like swooped in like, well, the royals won't have me, but big tech will. Ah, got to save my dollar. Yeah, let me go right to Silicon Valley. So, you know, just interesting, but I don't um, know. I, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, and like, I don't know. I don't know if Tari had any uh, concluding thoughts on the monarchy or Gossip Girl. <laughs> well, more so for Gossip Girl. I, I just think it's interesting, and like you mentioned this a little bit, Rose, but it just blows my mind, right? Like when... Nate and Blair, like when they were born, their parents just wanted their families to be like j joined in some way. So it very much was like a business transaction. So they're like, perfect. Like you had a son, we have a daughter, like this is it. This is how we'll do it. Which is just like, I don't know why that seems ridiculous to me, but they're like, this is a perfect solution. 
goes together like peanut butter and jelly, <laughs> but they're just kids. <laughs> right. So lay off of Gurky, Justin. Jesus Christ. Because um, clearly people are partaking in this institution because I even see, drum roll, dating sites as a modern take on arrangement as well. And this is an area that I admittedly don't have a ton of expertise in because Gabe and I got together uh, at the very end of 2012, which I think was kind of when apps started getting big, but it kind of just resurrects the concepts of algorithms pairing people and, you know, based off compatibility. Uh, we have, what, Match.com, Hinge, Tara, chime in here. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many. eHarmony, Coffee Meets Bagel, Bumble, Tinder, J-Date, Plenty of Fish. I can keep going. There's exactly. so many, though. It's crazy. But, Rose, yeah, like you said it, I think most folks are familiar with dating apps or have heard of them. But you can essentially build out a profile about yourself. I think... On a lot of them, you can put in your preferences in terms of what you're looking for, and then their algorithm works and will find you matches in some way that you can swipe through or that you're just somehow matched with, and then you you know meet or you don't meet, whatever, however it works out. Um, but yeah, a lot of people will put effort into building out their profiles and answering the questions and making sure that they are kind of representing themselves fully so that the algorithm will really find someone who you know they're compatible with. Um, so yeah, taking full advantage of that algorithm. Yeah. I'd say compatibility is the key word there. Um, I honestly, I don't know how to feel about this next thing I'm about to say. However, in, in terms of just the, uh, dating sites and stuff. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad I wasn't into that at any point in time. One, I, I didn't have the money to even want to have to pay for the applications, premium accounts. Uh, or even had to go on dates. I was kind of broke back in the day. So respectfully, I went the old school way and just met somebody through a, a friend of a friend kind of a thing. But in terms of compatibility, uh, the algorithms might be able to do it well enough for at least a date, maybe a hookup, maybe a relationship. But what I thought was interesting was, even though I never did the dating sites, in middle school, seventh and eighth grade, I, I got introduced to this new school that I'd moved to uh, when I went to the suburbs. Uh, apparently, they were doing compatibility tests for quote unquote friendships. And <laughs> I mean, it was a big school, right? Like we had, a, it was a large school. The, the middle school, Willow Creek Middle School in Portage, Indiana was the former high school of the city of Portage. So when they built the brand new high school, it was a 5A, rather large school, 2,500 plus students, et cetera. Uh, they had this ginormous middle school that was available for all the kids since the city was growing. It was like 40,000 people in the city. It was growing. It was about to have an IMAX, all this kind of thing. So like I go into this big brand new school and I'm finding out that like during the school announcements, the principals and like the teachers are like making people aware that we're going to be matching people up for compatibility tests. Make sure you fill it out. And we, we received this like what looked like a little like a I don't know, like, you know, how you get like the, the piece of mail from the DMV where he's got like rip the sides off and stuff. and You open it up. It was something <laughs> like that. But it was red and white for school colors because, you know, school spirit. Why not? But it was a list of a few people, like a handful of people from your grade boys and girls who you may be able to be good friends with. But, you know, these kids, like, the Midwest, I feel like, makes kids grow up fast in terms of, like, hypersexualization. I talked about that uh, many times before, if y'all know me and whatnot. But 
it was interesting because all these kids were really thinking about was like, oh, how can I date this person? Can I hook up with this chick? Like, oh my gosh, such and such is so cute, but I, I'm scared to talk to him. Like kids were definitely thinking about it in a much more adult kind of a way than what the school probably initially had it pitched. But at the same time, you know, hormones are raging at that age. Like, come on now, you, you know what you put in this milk. Like, you know, you know how many hormones in this meat y'all serve us. Hold on, you're gonna really give a, a boy or a girl an option to go look at who they align with the most, you know? So I wish I had saved mine. I, I really do just to look back and laugh at it, just to kind of see like, did I ever become friends with some of these people? Like, was this just a far cry of some nonsense or what's really going on here? But once again, Western culture always trying to hook people up or pair people up, but yet gives a funny look towards any kind of arranged marriages or things of that nature. So like, I don't know, it's deep seated. It goes far beyond, you know, what we would expect. That's wild. And look, I have an unpopular opinion here because I know how much energy it probably takes to just go on date after date and have it go south or, you know, I still think that there's a lot of use in... In, in the concept of an app or, like, an algorithm that's matching people based off compatibility. I mean, people are busy. I'm busy as hell. And, <laughs> you know, all of us are. Uh, and I know that the way Gabe and I met, I, by, by all means now, is not very common. Um, it was a quote unquote organic meeting. And I think that that's less and less of a, of a thing now. And I don't know, I haven't personally done it. So again, I might piss off some people by saying that I think that there's a lot of, (laughs) a lot of merit to it. It's, it's logical, but also (laughs) Tara. Yeah, I was just gonna say. You have to talk about that. I one was time. just gonna say, hey Rose, actually you have done it on my behalf because just for some context for anyone, everyone listening, Rose and I used to be on the same team together at work, and we sat like right across from each other. We like opened a window in our cubicles so we could see each other and talk more easily. So it was like lunchtime or something one day and I had Bumble open and I was like kind of there's like I feel like a cycle when you're on a dating app like oh you're so excited to start and you're swiping and swiping maybe you have some good conversations you go on a date some is one is good one is bad then you just slowly get you know less and less excited about it but I was at that phase where I was like low energy and just like swiping for the hell of it. And I was like, hey, Rose, like this is my Bumble. Do you want to swipe for me? And so I like distinctly remember Rose, like I passed my phone to you and you were swiping. And I was, I think like looking over, oops, like the ledge. So I could see everything like upside down. And the first two, you were like kind of asking me, you're like, yeah, no. And then I was just like, just do whatever. And so you were like looking and you're like, oh, this is cool. So I definitely do see the appeal. Like it can be fun too. Like a lot of people will like cast it on their TV and like swipe with their friends. So yeah, it can be fun. Yeah. Tara's like, I trust you. You're married. I'm like, here. (laughs) This makes sense. Knock yourself out. I'm just like, (laughs) likes dogs. That's a yes. (laughs) Likes social justice. That's a hell yes. Like, (laughs) so. I. I kind of had like a, a bad experience with dating apps, not in the sense that I used it, obviously, since I mentioned I never have, but I once had a, a friend that I watched, we were, we were like driving down the street or something. And like, he told me he was using one of the apps 
And homie was literally about to break his thumb. It's like, whoop, 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 swipe, 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 swipe. And I just looked at him. He wasn't even looking at the screen, but I was like, yo, what are you doing? He goes, oh, you got to cast a wide net, bro. Not every single person is going to be a winner. Like, you, you just got to make sure you're, you're, you're just shooting your shot, putting it out there. And I was like, man, you're, just, you're putting a lot out there, bro. <laughs> you're putting a lot out there. No, don't do that. So, I don't know. Uh, making a mockery of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> making a mockery of true love. <laughs> yeah, but oh my God. clearly, F- like... Effing up these algorithms. And... <laughs> I was just going to say, though, like, it's so evident that so many things are arranged, right? Like, there are arranged dates slash blind dates. Um, there's arranged marriage. There's seeking arrangement, which we didn't talk about on this episode. Maybe that's a topic for oh. another time. Oh, my God. Or like the cesspool that is Tinder sometimes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So really just all of this, I guess, want I want to boil it down right to the question that we posed at the beginning. So is being arranged deranged? Gabe, what are your thoughts? Well, I think it depends on who's arranging. Like knowing what I know now, seeing friends who have been arranged and then being completely happy or, you know, seeing friends whose parents have or you know actually seeing that it can be possible is is comforting but honestly it had it not been for media showing me how much of arrangements are really going on at least you know it just seems like america i gotta stop saying that it seems like the united states of america is really all about arrangements so long as you can put in a nice costume as long as you can wrap it up, put a pretty bow on it, and not call it that. Gamify it, make yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they they want they want competitive. to feel like oh, there are options here that you might still have the ability to influence all the while knowing what it really is at, at the root of it all. It's something or someone setting you up for something that you could not make a choice of on your own, except for making options out of it. So, um, I, I guess, I guess the people are deranged, but. <laughs> The circumstance itself is, is pretty straightforward. Like, you know, I, I think it can make sense, um, especially with where life is going now, how busy folks are. And do we really have time to consider effort that it takes to go into a date? So um, am I for it? Uh, do, I, do I think it's, it's completely deranged? No, I don't think it's completely deranged because let's be real here. People in, in the United States have been trying to push this whole natural love approach and the divorce rate's rather high. So, yep. Ah, I think that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I don't know, y'all. I don't think this sounds very deranged to me. I actually think there's a lot of logic in it. Well, I, I take that back. It, it does depend on who's doing the arranging because I would be mm-hmm. deranged, for example, to let my parents pick <laughs> my, <laughs> pick up my partner. But it's because they're squares and they would have looked for a square. But, uh, you know, that's you not... Pick somebody that dresses nice, though. She's got good style. Facts. Yeah. But, you know, I there not everybody has that relationship with their parents. So I'm sure that, you know, that some are very capable of choosing someone perfectly respectable for their kid. But, yeah, I mean, just given the mountain of evidence, I don't think it's deranged because I think we consume it all the time. Yeah, I would agree. I think arrangement of some sort is happening for pretty much any relationship in some capacity. Um, So I don't think it's deranged. Um, If you were to ask me like, oh, are you going to get an arranged marriage? Maybe in the typical like 
Indian sense that people think of isn't like, oh, are you going to like meet your spouse on your wedding day? Like, no, absolutely not. But (laughs) would I be willing to meet someone that my like friends recommended or something like, yeah, sure. So I think it's really how people perceive it. But I don't find it deranged really at all. I think, like you said, Gabe, like there is quite a high success rate with a lot of arranged marriages, too. So, I mean, they're doing something right. But yeah, I think with that, we'll just, you know, wrap things up. Want to thank you all for taking the time to listen. And we will catch you on our next episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on our Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Chai and Cafe, all together, one word. And we'll have extended content there, um, some more, you know, interactive polls and things like that. Would love to hear from you. And yeah, we'll see you there. Thank you so much. Follow us. Make sure you subscribe.